Hey, it's Andy. Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's a good one. You're really going to like it. And you know, if you like good things, you should also check out the movie Deep Dive podcast that Mike Pusateri and I did on The Right Stuff. Now, what are you two pud knockers going to have, huh? And we are going to break down the 1983 classic, The Right Stuff. And now you're all like, that's great. You morons picked a movie that's... <laughs> 37 years old. The movie, it was just so stylized in such a unique way that I had never seen, I can never recall seeing a film like that, really, was how unique it was in their presentation of it and the filming, and that really drew me to that movie, and I think it still makes it really rewatchable. I've probably seen it 10 to 15 times and would watch it again this week. Hey, Ridley, you got any demons? Yeah, I think I got a stick. Love it, son, Lee. I'll pay you back later. Fair enough. It's available now on the Pointless Exercise podcast feed wherever podcasts are sold for free. Or why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? Welcome back to another exciting edition, I can't promise this one's going to be exciting, of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Actually, it will be exciting, it's just the subject matter might not. Um, we're going to talk about the Bears and their sixth consecutive loss on Sunday to the Fighting Daryl Bevels of Detroit. With me, as always, on the Bears uh, version of this podcast is actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm I'm just kind of feeling uh, apathetic. I think at this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'll drop the ah. I'm just feeling pathetic. <laughs> um, do you want to run through your uh, how people can find you? I think I did yeah. pretty well last time, but I got your Instagram wrong. I think. Yeah. No, you nailed it all. Yeah. So uh, that's because uh, I go every day. I check all everything's daily. That's why. We appreciate that. Well, I knew there was somebody doing it. Yep. I'm, I'm glad it's you. Uh, the website mikepusateri.com, uh, and that's. P-U-S-A-T-E-R-I. Mike is like it's usually spelled. And uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at Mike Pusateri, uh, IMDB, Mike Pusateri 2, and the Instagram at I am Mike Pusateri. There we go. Very exciting. So for 57 minutes and 40 seconds yesterday of game time, clock, game clock, the Bears dominated the Detroit Lions especially on offense. It was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Had a 10 point lead with about two twenty to go when, uh, they gave up a, a really bad broke busted coverage, 25 yard touchdown pass to Marvin Jones, Marvin, not shade tree. The other Marvin Jones, the one who didn't play linebacker at Florida state. Right. And that started a uh, confluence of events, which, uh, when Matt Nagy is interviewing for uh, quarterback coaching jobs in the off season, he will be replaying in his mind over and over and over again. Uh-huh. So the Bears, the, the stunning thing they did yesterday was they legitimately ran the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like, oh, they averaged five yards a carry because they had one 52-yard run and then a bunch of one-yard runs. They were consistently getting five yards a carry, except for, crucially, 
Early in the game, they had a short yardage play where they ran off guard, got stuffed. That play was so encouraging to Bill Lazor that on fourth and one with the game on the line, ran the same play. Also, got nothing. Got nothing. Um, But once again, even with supposedly, now I'm a little concerned about this. Now, Lazor, they said it was calling the play still. But did you notice that Nagy had the full menu again yesterday? Yeah, he had the... He didn't have uh, his little index cards. He had the whole shittery, which makes me worry that he was... um, He was a little more involved than normal. Um, Because as well as they ran the ball, they didn't... They got away from it again for no good reason. And they did it at the most crucial times of the game, too. But decided to get get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, David Montgomery had um, 11 carries in the first half for almost 60 yards. He finished with 17, which is bad. That's not enough. But I don't believe he ran the ball in the third quarter. Well, one of the Bears ever had problems in the third quarter. Yeah. That's so, so unlike them. Yeah. You know, the, the game started off, you're like, uh, I mean, this is like, this is what you expect. The Bears-Lions, Bears running the ball, gaining all kinds of yardage, making it look easy, quite frankly. And uh, you're thinking, Here's well, why haven't we clean. cleaning tough bathroom oh. and kitchen messes? <laughs> Never mind that. Your way. Try Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Okay, that is from the ESPN stats page coming up. We'll have to fix that in post. Mr. Clean, the new sponsor. <laughs> That's fine. That's I'll, uh, I'll send him an invoice. There you go. We're leaving it in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Lions are bad, and the Bears were treating them as such um, for the pretty much the whole first half, mm-hmm. especially encouraging when the Bears got the ball back late after the Lions had cut it to um, 16-13, and the Bears drove right down the field and scored to go up 23-13. to You thought, all right, well, this they've actually, this game is in hand. This is going to be fine. Yeah. Right. And then the third quarter started, and of course, nothing happened. Now, I'm sure Matt Nagy will tell you that they really did score in the third quarter, even though it didn't show it on the scoreboard, because when they scored at the beginning of the fourth quarter, most of the yardage on that drive had been accrued in the third quarter. Ah. That doesn't count. Yeah. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> that doesn't count. No. No, it does not. Yeah, we're not giving you, like... 30% of your touchdown points assigned to the third quarter. No. Yeah, this is still a, a, an a, supposedly an NFL football team that has now played 12 games and offensively has scored seven third quarter points. That's really uh, difficult to do. It's That's really, really hard to do. It's beyond belief. Yeah. The Bears are also now... Um, Tied for last place. Last place Bears. Last place Bears. I knew it was coming, and yep. it came. Uh, had they won, had they not blown that game in spectacular fashion, they would be technically um, the the team on the outside looking in at that last playoff spot only because Minnesota would have the tiebreaker over them for the seventh spot, but they play again. So the Bears right. could have Bears would have had their uh, 
fate in their own hands. They do not, and it doesn't matter because they're not going to make the playoffs, and if they did make the playoffs, they would be summarily dismissed. Well, you know, and and obviously their offensive problems, we've been talking about that on this podcast all year. You know, at some point, the the defense is becoming just as big of a problem. To give up, what is it, 460 yards to the Lions? To the Lions. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it. you know, this was supposed to be, some people thought, a top five defense, certainly a top 10 defense. This is clearly not a, this is a, this is not an elite defense. And this is not any earth shattering conclusion by any stretch, but it's a defense with some elite players on it, some star players for sure. But this is not an elite defense. And what does that say about just the entire culture of the football team? If, you know, has the defense quit on this team too? Or are they just, uh, it, it's particularly frustrating because it happened in a game where, as we talked about, the, the the team was playing well. They were doing, they were running the ball. They were doing what you expect the Bears to do. And this still happens. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you had Cole Komet caught a touchdown pass and five <laughs> catches for 37 yards. Um, you know, they, they ran the ball. They held the, the defense did hold the lions to 60 yards rushing on 22 carries, but Matthew Stafford playing with a torn ligament in his left thumb, not his passing thumb, but still 27 to 42 for 402 yards and three touchdowns. And the one interception that he threw was a great play by Bilal Nichols. Yes. That was a great play that I'm sure Stafford thought, ah, the worst this will be incomplete. And instead defensive lineman picked it off. Yeah, um, yeah. They turned Matthew Stafford back into the elite quarterback that he hasn't been for uh, quite a while. Uh, Four hundred yards on the road in Chicago in December. That's you're not you're not thinking that you're going to see that on the stat line. Yeah, and the most um, you know for all of the stuff about the defense and. Um, you know, obviously they got put in a terrible position at the end. You know, the Mitch turns the ball over on the seven yard line. That's not yeah. great. Yeah, um, that's not right. But that doesn't excuse the drive before that, which was ninety six yards yeah. in not very much time, a minute fifteen. Like crap through a goose. It was one incompletion and then Pass complete to TJ Hawkinson. Pass complete to Danny Amendola. Pass complete to Danny Amendola. Pass complete to Marvin Jones. Pass complete to TJ Hawkinson. And then 25-yard touchdown pass to Marvin Jones. So one, two, three, four, five. Six passes for 94 yards. Six for six for 94 yards and a touchdown. Pretty efficient. You know what? I kind of blame Nagy. two minutes and 15 seconds. Sorry, I sped it up too much for... uh, But still, not very long. Still. Well... And Nagy, of course, the punt, you know, that, that led to this drive. Nagy had to do his stupid, the high school football team punt play, you know, where all oh, the Bears are lining up to go for it, then they all run yeah. off with a play. You know, why, why, why is he doing this? Why, why, why do we have to sit through this, this type of nonsense? I, I don't get it. You know. Yeah, they punted um, on fourth and four from on the Detroit 40. Right. Um and I guess you could say, well, that worked because um, Detroit went three and out 
punted it back to the Bears. So now the Bears have excellent field position. They have the ball with a with a uh, ten point lead, with six thirty eight to go on their own forty five. They immediately get a pass um, to Anthony Miller for nine yards. They're at the forty two, which bad. That's basically Cairo Santos field goal range right there. You can kick a fifty nine yarder, but you're right. really close. Um, of course, they lost yardage on the first play. So the nine-yard game gets them to the 42. It's third and four. Mitch gets sacked by Everson Griffin, and now they're punting from the from their own 43. And then it was a great punt. O'Donnell knocked him inside the five, and that was the last good thing that happened for the Bears yeah. in the game. 94-yard mm-hmm. touchdown, then the terrible, just the play call for Mitch. The second down one was bad. They had him drop back, but he took off and gained three yards. Right. But to just have the the dumbest quarterback in the NFL in a spot where the worst you want to come out of it is um, him getting tackled inbounds, making them use a timeout, and then punting it back to him. They run this long developing play, so he's mm-hmm. back there patting the ball with a not a great offensive line. So you have a you have a dumb quarterback who doesn't feel pressure anyway. You have a right tackle and Jermaine Fetty who's not a right tackle. And he just gets blown by. The guy at least at least he made him take a circuitous route. And then there's <laughs> Mitch, one hand on the ball. And in his post game he's they're like, you know, is why well, ball security is really important there, but I think I was just about ready to pass it. You think you were about just about ready to pass it. Because apparently he had Anthony Miller and he was going to throw for the first down and that was going to wrap up the bear win. And instead, the ball is laying on the ground behind him. And it did. It didn't. It was one of those weird moments too, where like it was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" But then you're like, "Yeah, no, I can totally believe this just happened. This this is not surprising. This this is what this is, of course, what Mitch is going to do in this situation." I mean, I didn't expect the fumble, but what I thought was going to happen was. After the after the speed of the ninety four yard touchdown drive, I thought if the Bears don't finish the game here, if the Bears give the ball back to the Lions, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to sit through overtime. I envisioned yep. the Bears punting, and then a couple of passes sets up Matt Prater to tie it. Now we have to watch more of this crap. I did not expect that the uh, the Lions would simply take the lead. But but I would guess you were not shocked by it. Either. No. Yeah, I just did one of those. Oh, of course that happened. Yeah, it was basically like the Cubs bullpen was in, trying to protect <laughs> a lead, and then you, they give up a three-run homer to, you know, Stubby Clap or some shit, and you're like, well, of course, that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, and then the the frantic drive to. Uh, uh, you know, to, to try to, to to win the game, they're down by four, so field does them no good. Although when they got, I, I was, I wondered, I'm like I wonder if they're going to send the field goal team out with 22 seconds to go in a four point game because they Nagy's so frazzled at this point he doesn't realize they're down by four, but they didn't. Right. Uh, but I thought that was a great play by Allen Robinson to oh. step out of bounds just short of the first down. Setting up with a fourth and one that we, I think we all knew was doomed. Yes. Yeah. For a guy who um, is a good player, 
and wants and deserves a lot of money, he has a funny way of making the case for himself by having touchdown passes torn out of his hands and, um, you know, as, you know, I think it was Slakey put on Twitter, he uh, he joined whatever club Marion Barber the third is in <laughs> for going out of bounds at the worst possible time and place. I mean, I... I mean, yeah. Well, that was so great. I mean, he had room to run mm-hmm. as well. Saw that was not that would not have been very difficult. Is that is that are they just so unaware as an offense? They didn't know that it's it's third down there, and and we need to get a first. Yeah, we need to stop the clock, but we need to we have a timeout. We got to get the first down. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's impossible to make a case that this is not a poorly coached football team with stuff like that. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. You can't. People are like, he's he's been playing football since he was eight. He should know. Yeah. He should also get reminded because good football teams remind people of things to the point where they're like, Oh, for Christ's sake, of course we know. Well, they're going to remind you anyway, because in case you forget, you know, I know that, you know, these last minute drives, whenever it's frantic and it's easy to lose track of downs and distance and stuff. So, you know, you, Especially when you line up right by your own bench. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be like, you know, forget it's third down, get the first and get out of bounds. Yeah, it should not have been that difficult, right? Because Robinson had a weird expression when he saw where he went out. Kind of like, oh, uh, I probably should have gone one more yard. Yeah, you probably should have. Yeah. We were all thinking yeah. the same thing. But, but you know what? All it was going to do was set up frantic Mitch tosses into the end zone and it's just a matter of which one would get intercepted. Well, we got deprived of witnessing that. So I'm, you know, that's true. That would have been fun. Um, but yeah, clearly that's a coaching thing. Um, I mean, if back to the defense, if you have, if you have some great players on your team, but you're, uh, you're giving up nearly 500 yards to the lions, I would argue that's a coaching issue. Uh, not to mention the fact that, as we've talked about before, there's not a lot of depth behind no. behind the starters on this. No, team. and then when you're paying a guy like Robert Quinn thirty million dollars over however many years guaranteed, and he doesn't do anything ever, you know that that doesn't help. That doesn't help with your depth if your thirty million dollars right. is tied up. Yeah, right. It's like yeah, you know, we probably could have spent that money better. Yeah. Uh, but like if you look uh, here I- on the stat sheet. At Robert Quinn. It's very impressive. They list here um, anybody who made a tackle, even a, just an assist, or had a quarterback hit. And, um, uh, oh, he's not on it at mm. all. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? I know he got held a lot. Hub was pointing that out on Twitter, that both Quinn and Mac were getting held a lot. That's, okay, I believe it. At sure, the same okay. time, you know, make a tackle somewhere. Sometime, yeah. Just once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 you know, JP Holtz is showing up in the stat sheet. Yeah. He had two tackles. Yeah. So uh, the tight end slash fullback that they never use had two tackles. Ryan (laughs) Nall had a tackle. Right. Right. Oh, it's a tackle. Not Robert Quinn. Yeah. Put him on the kick team so he can get a tackle. I guess. It's, uh, Uh, that's a very odd, yeah. Yeah, and the issue with Quinn was supposed to be that he's injury prone, 
It's like, oh, you know, you're going to get him in the games he can play. He's really going to help Khalil out, and uh, but there's going to be other games where he's not because he won't be available. Uh, he missed the first two. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he's so. been around since, and he had done a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, we would have taken that, by the way. He's going to be great when he plays, but he might not play a lot. Okay, we'll take that trade-off, but we haven't gotten that trade-off. Speaking of Khalil, he's also not on here. So, that's... Is that right? Yeah, wow. Huh. So, the, def- uh-huh. the, the your two outside linebacker defensive ends, whatever you want to call them, got a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Mac did make... Mac, it's... I'm, he must not have ever hit the quarterback. Mac was at least pressuring Stafford. He had an impact, not yes. as much as you would like, but he was. You, you knew he was there. With Quinn, you could easily you be forgiven for not realizing that he played. Well, okay, okay. So if I'm going to tell you before the game, the Lions are going to rush, are going to have uh, 460 yards of total offense. They're going to score 34 points, and neither Quinn nor Mac are going to show up on the stat sheet and they're both healthy. Wasn't an injury situation. I mean, even the most pessimistic bears fan would be like, Oh, come on. That's not even a possibility just by accident. <laughs> At some point you should touch a guy, touch a lion when he falls down and get that way. Um, you know, and then the, the, the inverse of that is that people are like, well, if I told you that the bears were going to run, for 160 yards, and Mitch was going to be 26 of 34 for 267 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions. Have a quarterback rating of 108.3. You'd be like, holy yeah. shit. This Sign is- me up for that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's fine. He, you know, he did, he played relatively well until the end when he just did a Mitch did. thing that we're used to. But it's the Lions. It's the one team he has consistently played well against in his career. Maybe he likes the uniforms. Maybe that's very soothing to him. I don't know. But it doesn't prove anything. No. Um, and then at the end, when they just needed him to not do what he did, he did it. So They just, they just needed him not to Mitch, and he Mitched. Yep. He waited till the last possible moment, and then he Mitched all over himself. Yeah. <laughs> And not 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 only that, but the Lions played that game without their best player, Kenny Galladay, and their best running back, DeAndre Swift. So, yeah. You, not only were you facing a Lions team with an interim coach who has not, they have nothing to play for, and two yeah. of their best players, offensive players, are out, and you managed to lose to them in spectacular fashion. Congratulations. Oh yeah, and they they certainly made Adrian Peterson look like you know the young Adrian Peterson for a while. Yeah, sixteen to fifty-seven for in two touchdowns. He's really yeah. only had three good games all year, and the one was Week One against the Bears, which was particularly embarrassing because he had just showed up, like he didn't even know the plays. Right. Uh, the other one was Thanksgiving. He scored a couple of touchdowns, even though he didn't have. Very many yards, and then um, yesterday, two more touchdowns. They're mm-hmm. basically, you know, they're the one team that he's like, ooh. You know, the Lions did get away. Uh, Jesse James should have been called for pa- for offensive pass interference on his touchdown. That mm-hmm. was pretty oh. bad. Yes, absolutely. Um, there was some there for all of Hub's, you know, bleeding. There really were some pretty obvious holds that were not called. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Um, but I'm, no sure there, I'm sure that if you dialed up, th- you know, three of the four Lions fans in existence, they could point <laughs> out penalties that the Bears got away with that we, you know, conveniently don't notice. Yeah, I'm sure they could. <sighs> So there are the Bears now, sitting at five and seven. Six losses in a row. A losing streak so bad that Mark Tressman never even did it. Did he? Maybe he did. I don't think he did. I don't think they ever lost I don't think they lost six in a row in twenty fourteen. Let's look it up. Because people love it when we look did, stuff up. But I don't know. Yes, it's compelling. They didn't. Compelling. Now, the reason they didn't is because he ran out of games. They lost the last five. There was no sixth. But even Trestman didn't lose six in a row. Mm-hmm. So the Bears, we talked about, we said, or I, I know I said, I'm, I think you agreed, um, after last week's game, which is clean house. Get rid of everybody. Yep. Just get rid of everybody at that point. And we knew they wouldn't do it because they're the Bears. And the Bears have, I don't believe they've ever, have they ever fired a coach midseason? They have not. That's, yeah. Donnie and I were talking about that because the Lions are the kings of the interim head, of the interim head coach. Right. But the it's Bears have never had an interim head coach. And it's not something you want to do. No. <laughs> clearly. It's not a, that's not a statistic you want to lead the league in. But if there's a time to do it, it was last week and even more so this week. Yeah, and the reason that you would do it, people are like, well, I'll just let them finish the season. I mean, what the hell does it matter? You do it, and you could even do this. You could even basically just fire pace now. Leave yeah. Nagy and go, all right, you you know, run this ghost ship into the, sh- you know, it, crash it into the shore. Right. Um, because... There are other GM jobs that are open and people are starting to get interviews for it. And you can't do that until you get rid of your guy. That's the yeah. reason teams do it is to just say, you know what? It's over and we want to get first crack at whoever. And so mm-hmm. we're going to open the jobs and start looking for people. And it, typically you're not going to like, what coach are you going to interview now? You're not Jim Harbaugh. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can call him. You can get first crack at. at you can <laughs> yeah. ask him. Like, all right, now how is it? Why do you tuck your sweatshirt into your pants? Yeah. I mean, what? Why would you do that? Uh. Right, but but there's there's also a. Uh, at some point, you sort of you, you know what it does though. It, at least it demonstrates to the fan pay the to the fan base. We are paying attention. We do care. We're we're not happy with this either. And we're going to act on it by not acting. It just seems like, well, you seem content to just let this ghost ship, you know, crash into this, into the uh, rocks. Well, I know we, we talked about this last week though, which was, um, what was you talking about? I managed to lose my thought. I have two thoughts competing. The other one was, I find it ironic that if they fired Nagy, they would, who would who would be the interim? The most logical guy would be Chuck Pagano because he's right. been a head coach before. The irony being that his interim, when he was a head coach, won Coach of the Year. 
Bruce Arians was named coach of the year, filling in for Chuck while Chuck was battling leukemia. And now he gets to be an interim head coach. I really don't remember the thing we talked about last week. Now I have to think about this. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I... So now we're hearing these grumblings that, uh, oh, by the way, George McCaskey really is mad. And um, Dave Kaplan reported today, although in the most cap way possible. I heard this. I don't know if it's true, but this is what I heard. I'm just going to pass this on. Okay, well, great. Now you're, that um, Ted Phillips might be considering retiring, mm-hmm. which would basically be, in my mind, the only way that they would part with him. They would never fire him. They would simply, he would retire, and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, thank you, Ted, for all these wonderful years of whatever it is that you did. And mm-hmm. um, now your job's open, and maybe we'll hire somebody else for it. Right. If he does retire, and say that gets announced first, then you know they're cleaning house. Yes. Then that, that would be like, that's like the white smoke over the Vatican. Right. That um, things are... They've, you know, we're picking new people. I just, I don't know how you can, how could you possibly, you know, you have to go find again, you have to go find your quarterback of the future. How can you possibly let Ryan Pace have another crack at it? You can't. You can't. You can't. You absolutely can't. And you need a new head coach. I mean, he attached. Ryan Pace pick pick your head coach either. So Pace knew when he picked Mitch and he was staking. His term with the Bears to that pick. Absolutely. That if That's that how it didn't works. work, he was out. It was That's they would have works. to get rid of him. And yeah. he was super confident that he picked the right guy. Right. It's a spectacularly because, way, almost mind bogglingly terrible pick. It's it, just it, it couldn't have turned out worse for him. It's not just that he picked the worst of the three, but now the other two are like two of the five best players in the NFL. <laughs> They're spectacular. Yeah. It's not just that he's like, Oh, he missed on Mitch. It's like you missed on Mitch, and the two most logical other picks are going yeah. to be excellent quarterbacks in the NFL. One's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. One's the other one's going to be a really good – for a decade at least, you yeah. dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. That's, that's, decisions that's have that consequences, works. and that's yeah. you got to go. Yeah, and by the way, if if it were great, you'd be the first one yes. taking a lap around Chicago, yeah. saying, "Look at this." You'd be you you would have punched your ticket. You'd be in that job yeah. as long as you wanted it. I mean, shit. I mean, the Bears haven't had they've had one good quarterback since Sid Luckman, um, and he was always hurt. Yeah. And so, if, if you're the guy who finds the quarterback, you're in. I mean, you're. Yeah. They talk all this time about they should hire Theo because Theo, you know. Um, Theo's a legend forever because he won a World Series with the Cubs, which was amazing. Nobody ever thought that would happen, especially now when you see the aftermath of it. It's amazing it ever happened. But um, honestly, the bare equivalent of that is simply fighting a quarterback. It's the same thing. Yeah, Because that's is. the drought. I mean, the Super Bowl drought is only 40, what is it? No, 35 years. Yeah. That's a drop in the bucket compared to 108 years. But the quarterback drought goes back to 1950. Right. It's 70 years without a quarterback. Right. Because Jim McMahon kept getting dumped on his shoulder and would miss, you know, six games a year. So the one good one they had, they didn't have that much. Yep. I mean, that's the that's the the bear drought is really the quarterback. It's amazing. 
Yeah. They've had everything else. Well, maybe not wide receivers, but that's the function of having a shit quarterback. Well, and it's a lot easier to find a competent quarterback than it is to win a World Series. You would think so, so. but not for the Bears. It's no, been no. just as impossible. Yeah, it's like they saw the Cubs go to the World Series in 45, and they were like, all right, uh, we're not going to bother to even look for a quarterback until they win <laughs> another one, until they win one. Right. And now they're like, oh, we're now we're behind schedule. We're four years yeah. behind schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and they started looking, and, and it's just still didn't help. They still cannot find a quarterback. So on um, on Saturday, through the glory of weird COVID college football, which is icky. It's it's really it's strange to even watch these guys. College kids should not be playing football in a pandemic. It's, it's just getting not. it's getting a lot ickier too. Yes. I think as the season goes on. Yeah. So Coastal Carolina. Uh, most famous alum, I would guess, has to be Cub World Series uh, bench player Tommy LaStella. Uh, Jake Arrieta has a Coastal Carolina tattoo, thanks to Tommy LaStella. He lost That's it. Back. Right. That's right. The That's Chanticleers right. were supposed to face Liberty University. But Liberty, amazingly, maybe because their um, now deposed uh, head of the university refused to take COVID seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, their team was wiped out, and so Coastal Carolina, who was uh, was nine and eight and at the time, nine and I think at the time, uh, went looking for another game. And hey, BYU needs a game, so they throw this thing together on Thursday. So <laughs> there it is, Sunday. BYU heads out to beautiful Conway, South Carolina, which I think probably is beautiful. It's right down by Myrtle Beach. And we, I get my first look at quarterback, BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson. They've been talking all the time. This guy's a Heisman Trophy candidate. He's got an unbelievable yeah. arm. He's a, he's a football film junkie. He's always, like, texting his position coach with, I'm watching this film of Mahomes, and I want to run this play, and I want to make this throw, and I want to do all this stuff. All right. Consensus top five yeah. quarterback it's in like, right, This guy is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, he was too good to be true. Um I got very much Mitch vibes off of Zach, which are not good, except for one thing. Now, one thing I will give Zach, that dude really does have an amazing arm. He can okay. really throw. Um, but well, He's got big feet there. Okay. Yes. So maybe that's enough to, you know. But a lot of the other, and it's not fair to look at one, watch one game, a game where BYU was clearly not prepared. Coastal threw these weird defenses at him, and BYU did not know what to do mostly because they'd been preparing for them for a day. That probably had something to do with it. Probably, yeah. But there are little mannerisms about Zach that reminded me of Mitch that made me immediately cringe. And one of them was, although he does have a better sense of when he's when there's pressure around him, but he does the same weird Mitch spin to the middle of the field thing, <laughs> which makes no sense for him because he can throw the ball like 40 yards off one foot. So you think he would just like flush to whichever, you know, find some open turf and just chuck it. But he does yeah. the weird spin to the middle of the field thing. And this also could be just simply be BYU's offense. A lot of college offenses do this where they basically have like a predetermined, almost a side of the field. Like, yes, you have two reads. They're both going to be on the wide side. You have two, they're going to be on the short side. But a lot of the, him just looking at one wide receiver and this, this receiver, if you told me, so you're going to write a book about, uh, something that happens in Utah and you need to name the lead character 
the most Utah thing possible. I would have named it this. The guy's name is Gunner Romney. Their best wide receiver is Gunner Romney. Is he is he related? Do we know? I think they're all related. <laughs> he had the he it was weird. He had a hard time running in the mom jeans. But right. yeah. Um with the dog was, on top of A lot of Zach just looking for Gunner. All right. Yeah. Gunner, I'm gonna throw to you. And here it comes. All right, I'm still coming. It's coming. Gunner, are you ready? Here it comes. All right. Okay. And I'm gonna throw it. Um yeah, not uh but I, I'm sitting there going, if they keep pace, we're trading up for for Zach Wilson. This is oh, yeah. guaranteed. This has already happened. He's already called right. four teams and set up possible trades. Right. <sighs> but otherwise, uh, it, was, it was a very entertaining game. Um, I was came in rooting for Coastal until right before the half. I don't know if you saw the film of this. No. So, um, Wilson throws a Hail Mary on the last play of the half. Two Chanticleers, which apparently is a fighting rooster. So maybe a Ramos Ramirez used to own or named the team. I don't know. Um, long after he's thrown the pass, two Coastal Carolina guys just pick him up and Charles Martin him right on the field. <laughs> no penalties called. The rest run over to like peel guys off. Yeah. It's like not yeah. only should there have been two personal fouls, those guys both should have got tossed. Right. And then the announcers who I don't know who they were and I guess I didn't it was it it was whatever announcing crew was supposed to do Coastal Carolina Liberty. So oh you boy, know so it's you know not exactly top notch crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one guy was Dusty but I don't maybe it was Dusty Dvorak, former Bear Grant. I don't think it was. But uh they were like all excited about that. Like oh it shows how fired up Coastal is. Like no, that's a cheap shot. Oh. That's terrible. Right. So Anyway, so that's all my that's the college football scouting. That and um I, I think Ian Book seems like a nice kid. Um, I don't understand why Notre Dame can't recruit a real quarterback. Um, yeah. I know he's won more games than any other Notre Dame quarterback ever. Uh, d- don't draft him, please. No, he's just no. He can throw the ball like 28 yards in the air. Yeah. You know, let him, he can marry your daughter. You don't want him quarter, quarterbacking your NFL football team. Yeah. And then there's the North Dakota State. Trey Lance. The great guy Trey Lance. I want, I want, yeah. I want Trey Lance. Now, see, that's a quarterback name. And that was a problem. Mitchell Trubisky, there was no planet where anything named Mitchell Trubisky is the best quarterback in the NFL. That's no. not going to happen. But Trey Lance, absolutely. There's a parallel universe where Trey Lance, Trey Lance is throwing is the best for $450 a week. And just lighten it up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not Mitchell Trubisky. But I, what is the deal with South Dakota State? Played one game, is that right? And then yeah. the season was over? That's very odd. Or did, why would they play once? Wouldn't they have just not played at all? Have to be a lot of consecutive weeks of COVID issues if that was the case. I don't know. It's 2020. Who the hell knows anything? Yeah, they played. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to play. Okay, this makes more sense. They're playing in the spring. Oh, okay. They played Scotty Pippen's 
<laughs> you know, Central Arkansas. <laughs> the Fighting Scotty Pippins of Central Arkansas. On October 3rd, they won 39-28, and they don't play again until they host the Penguins of Youngstown State. I don't think Trey's going to be playing in those games. I hate to tell those guys that. Yeah. What is the date of that? Do we have a date? February 21st. February 21st. In Fargo. Oh, come on. Oh, that's good to be. <laughs> they have, I'm, I'm, although I'm, I think, I'm pretty sure they have a dome. So I don't think it matters. I think it hmm. may even be the Fargo dome. Oh. Um, let's see. How, how did Trey Lance do in his one game? This will determine whether or not the Bears should draft him. Uh, those those don't doesn't sound like good sounds. Uh, how does? Oh, okay. So passing, which is what I think Trey is going to have to do in the NFL. Probably. Fifteen of thirty. Hmm. For one hundred and forty nine yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and he was sacked twice. Rushing, fifteen for one sixty six. Ah. And two touchdowns and a long of 54 yards. So, uh-huh. yeah, apparently okay. he's a – he'll just have to run all Wildcat stuff. with <laughs> Yeah. Well, the point is, whoever – whichever one of these guys or some other guy that the Bears pick, it can't be Ryan Pace making that selection. That's, that's, that's what we know. It can't be. Trey is 6'4", 226, out of Marshall, Minnesota. He's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, he won the Walter Payton Award last year, which I think means the Bears like um, can just have him if they want. <laughs> it's like a ter- old territorial pick where you get to just pick, they give you a list of colleges, you can take anybody you want off the teams. He right. won the Walter Payton Award. He also won the Jerry Rice Award. So what's the difference? Huh. Because did he... Well, I know the Walter Payton Award is the Heisman of 1AA or whatever it is. FCS, Football Championship. It's a deep dive into Trey Lance today. Yes. Uh, I don't know what the Jerry Rice Award is, what the difference is. Maybe it's best haircut in second division football? Could be. Oh, most outstanding freshman. Oh. So yes, yes, he won. It basically was it's he won the the one double A Heisman as a freshman. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Um, he gets a lot of comparisons to um, mostly because people are lazy to Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. who was also a Bison, and to um, Josh Allen, who people think went there but instead went to Wyoming. But you know, to most people, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> right. so. Well, you know, if you're the Bears, you could probably just get the Carson Wentz. You probably don't even need to get the next one. You can just get the first one. For $20 million in a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. They can reprise the Nick Foles trade for him. A lot of talk about what, um, what the Patriots are going to do with quarterback. They... Um, you know, the cam thing has kind of worked. Belichick's made it work by, you know, the, the Patriots can't pass the ball, mostly because they, they don't actually employ uh, wide receivers. Right. Just Julian Edelman, who who threw two passes in a game, which shows where that offense is. Yeah, run the wide receiver pass twice. 
And that's mm-hmm. what we need. Um, you know, either the do the do the Patriots bring Cam back, hoping to get him cheap another year because he probably doesn't have a real big market, or do they trade a second or third round pick to bring back the handsomest quarterback in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, that would blow up your your plans for the right? Bears because I'm that. positive. Although it's going to depend on who the Bears, if the Bears really do get rid of I, Here's my thought. If Ryan Pace survives the purge, if there is no purge, because if, if he's there, they didn't purge anything. Right. Um, I think the most likely outcome is Jimmy Garoppolo is quarterbacking the Bears. He tried like hell to trade for Jimmy from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And Belichick would not trade Jimmy to the um wouldn't trade him to the Bears. Because he valued Jimmy and yes, didn't want to ruin his that's, career. That's exactly right. Because the Bears were right. going to give up at least one number one. And knowing Pace, uh, two, three, six? How many do you want? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to fuck them up anyway, so you can just have them. Um, that was the year, though, that the Patriots didn't trade him at all. They Everyone was sure they going to trade Jimmy. They kept him. Bears draft Mitch. And then... Um, John Fox was another reason why um, yeah. Belichick did not want to trade him to the Bears. Mm-hmm. So they traded, they they got Mitch, and then the uh, uh, Niners went out and made the trade at the trade deadline the next year for Jimmy, which they only gave up a two. So I, but I Pace has had Jimmy on his radar, and yep. I could see him offering the. I think you get him for a two again. But again, we're talking about a world which can't exist because this world is, means Ryan Pace is still the GM. That, that can't, that cannot exist, can it? Well, these are the Bears. It can absolutely <laughs> happen. I mean, this is a, this is a team where when they sit there and they go, "All right, we really we need to do this." Our fans are mad. The team has not been. The team's embarrassingly unproductive. They're getting worse. The trend is going sharply in the wrong direction. But we owe these two guys $15 million, plus we'd have to pay all the assistants. And then we got to pay a new GM and new coach and a new staff. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just keep them for another year? How bad could it be? <laughs> we'll chalk this up to the pandemic, crazy year, and they'll turn it around. Because it went from the the, the basic thought that, you know, I, I, the Bears don't have the stomach to blow it up and start over, then the the tragic loss to the um, to the Lions, the fan base and the media was immediately like, "Oh, that's it! They're making their they're now. There's no way." Mm-hmm. I don't think it flipped that much. I could just as easily see the see the Bears being able to go, you know, look how much better we played. Things are, you know, there's a couple unfortunate things at the end, but you know, Mitch played well, and uh, you know, the offense looked good. It's all bullshit. <laughs> But right. what else do they have to argue but bullshit? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you could see them talking themselves into that. I mean I, do, talk I mean, I think the most likely thing is that they do, is that, is that this loss really did, was the tipping point. And they do get rid of them. But I would not be shocked at all. As shocked as I wasn't when Mitch fumbled. Right. That's the same lack of shock I will have if Black Monday comes the day, the day after the regular season and all these teams fire everybody and the Bears don't do anything. 
Lack of shock could be the bear slogan. Yes, we are. Nothing if not inevitable. <laughs> but well, I don't know. I don't I mean, know, but because yeah. any for the Bears, to me, it just feels like the whole process is going to be too daunting for them. Yeah, like okay, we especially if they push Sweaty Teddy out and he retires. Now you've got you've got to hire a president. Then mm-hmm. that president has to hire a general manager, and then the general manager has to hire the head coach. Well, and the best candidates are going to blow off the board in a hurry, which is why the Lions fired their general manager. Right. Because they're going to get that shit done before the season ends. And then that guy can just be like all the other teams that fire coaches and be in the mix for all the potential coaches, where the Bears are going to wait until the season ends. And if they do this, they're going to be that far behind everybody. Right. Well, and the Bears actually have a harder problem because they really should not. They should hire, if Teddy quote unquote retires, they should hire a president of business, uh, football operation, a uh, president of football business, and then a president of football operations, and you know, get that get the football guys not reporting to Ted. That's what they should do. So they'd have they'd be faced with hiring two presidents essentially. And if they can, if, and they. It's not that long ago, 2014, when they came off this process, right? They must have come off that process with the great Ernie Acorsi, of course, advising, steering the ship. But they must have felt, you know what? We we did this right. We figured this out. We got this guy Pace. Look, we got John Fox fell into our lap. You know, old, you know, experienced coach, young GM. We know what we're doing. For them to look at it now, I think you might be right and say, oh, "How do we? We thought what we were know we knew what we were doing then. We have no idea what." We're yeah. Doing. So, um, I I wasn't going to listen to any post game because I just didn't care enough to listen to it. But um, I went out and I was finishing up the Christmas decorations in front of the house, and I, for the first time, I decided to buy those. You ever see those those Christmas light nets that you can like throw over a bush? Yes. Which seems like the laziest thing in the world. It's like, can't you just buy Christmas lights and just wind them around the bush? But anyway, right, so right. I had bought, I had bought, I have three bushes in front of the house, and I went to buy three nets. And because I waited, the stores were picked over, and I could only get two. I'm like, oh, big deal. I'll go find a third. So before the game, I grabbed lunch, and I ran over, and I picked up a net. Game ends. I head out to redo the wiring in the front, you know, the plugs in the front. I throw the net over. I get it all the way I want. I plug it in. Only two-thirds of it lights up. <laughs> so I check all the bulbs. You know, Usually there's like a broken one. It's something obvious. I couldn't see anything obvious. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I just bought these this morning. I shouldn't have to fix them. So I put it back in the box. Took it to the store that I got it from. And so I'm listening. I have to drive to the store. So I'm listening. And then I get there, and they don't have another set. I had bought okay. one of the last ones. They were sold out. So then I just got my money back, and I have to drive to the other side of town to the uh, to the other version of their store plus a couple of finally find it. So I'm in the car for a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. And I'm listening to Hub. And fans are you know the there's a reason I don't listen to Bear post game. Mm-hmm. Cuz Bear fans are the dumbest. And I say that knowing that I'm one of them. Right. We both um, are. But just a lot of stupid stuff. One guy called, you clearly had no teeth. You could just tell 
You could hear it yes. over the over the radio. Yes, it was Gabby Johnson and his frontier gibberish. <laughs> and he was yelling at Hub for the the Chicago Cardinals moving out of town in nineteen sixty? I don't know, it's the other podcast. Mike would know that off the top of his head for God knows why. Um and blaming, saying that Hub had said that it wasn't a big deal, and this guy was explaining why it was, but it wasn't making any sense. And then they finally they hang up on him, and Hub goes, "I don't know that I've ever talked about the Chicago Cardinals ever." <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, this is off to a great start." Yeah. So I, I don't know if the loss took Hub by surprise, but he wasn't prepared to have conversations with Bear fans about who should be the new general manager and head coach. And you would think that was the only thing he should have been getting ready for. So he's like, yeah, you can hear him like talking himself through it. Uh-huh. And Pat Manley was the, because honestly, you need the long snapper there to, to give you insight. Right. Right. And so he, can't, he doesn't have a Sean Marshall to lean on. So you got to have a Patrick Manley. Right. Fans were calling in and they're like, um, you know, why don't they find, you know, we, we were talking last week, you were saying they need to find football Theo. Well, Bear right. fans don't want football Theo. They just want Theo. Right. How hard could it be? It's a sport. <laughs> right. And they're like, just hire Theo. And Manley is like, hey, well, even if it's not Theo, I don't know that you need a third person. He's like, shouldn't you just worry about the general manager and the coach? They're the two that have to work together. And I'm thinking, well, that only that only works if the other guy, which in this case we assume was still going to be Ted, and I probably still going to be Ted, um, actually gets out of the way. Right. And everybody makes the assumption that, well, Ted lets him do whatever they want. He's just there to rubber stamp. We don't know that. But we, we definitely really don't, don't know that. that. The one constant in this long run of crap has been that Ted has always been there. Yeah. Um, so they're arguing over this. And so then um, Hub starts naming general manager head coach combos. And he gets to Seattle. Okay. And uh, he John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And he decides, you can hear it in his voice, John Schneider is the guy the Bears need. That's the guy. Got to get him from Seattle, even if you have to give up a draft pick, to which I almost drove the car intentionally off the road. It's like, no, no, no. This team does not need that. The other thing, and then he's like, I don't know, if if you can't get John Schneider, I'm thinking, well, then you get Tom Wopat. If you can't get John Schneider... If you can't right. if you can't get Bo if you can't get Luke Duke, you get wait a minute. If you can't get Bo Duke, you get Luke Duke, right? And if you get yeah, and if you can't do that, you get Boss Hog. Yes. But you go through that whole cast. Right. Or Roscoe P. Coltrane. Yeah. Or Kirk. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Or Daisy. You could get any right. a congressman. I believe uh Roscoe P became a congressman, did he, did he not? I believe Cooter did, yeah. All right. Congressman Cooter. Congressman Cooter. <laughs> so then as Hub's stream of consciousness is going. Um, people are suggesting Bill Polian. That's like, oh no, no, he's a thousand years old. No, right, right, you don't right. want Bill Polian. And then Hub remembers that Ron Wolf's son, Elliot, oh, okay, works for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I'd still rather have John Schneider. Of course, no, you can, can hear the wheels. You can hear the wheels turning. If you get Elliot Wolf. Then you, yeah. he brings Ron as a, as a consultant, and it's just Ooh. like Scotty and Stan Bowman. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, we've gone a long – if I wow. – charting this conversation, it would take a long time to get around to that. And I'm like, is, is 2020 the year 
where you talk about the the benefits of getting Stan Bowman because you get his dad. While Blackhawk <laughs> fans are all pissed at how the roster deconstruction is going, maybe yeah. it's not the perfect time. But I get it. You know, they won three maybe. Stanley Cups, so that's that's what Hub was leaning on. Right, right. Remember, the only thing you ever need to know about Hub is he uh, he got so disgusted by the Cubs rebuild that he gave up his season tickets after the 2014 season. Yeah. Good job. Excellent time, Hubbard. Fantastic time. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> by the end of it, he was uh, Elliot Wolf. That's who they're going to hire. So <laughs> Great. That'll, that'll fix everything. Hire Elliot. No, if they want to hire, he if they want to hire, he finds if they, if they want to hire, I'm sorry. If, if they want to hire Winston Wolf. Yeah. Now that's a guy that can fix now, some problems. Now I'm listening. Wow. Uh, okay, so still uh, went to every went to six different stores. Nobody had those stupid net lights. I ended up at the sixth store simply buying a strand of outdoor lights, and then yeah. I just wound them around the book, and it looks exactly the same. <laughs> but you had to go to six stores to figure yeah. this out. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, running. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, you know, they have you know like Amazon. We'll they'll, they'll bring it to you. I know, but this was going to be quick, and then it, then I was out, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna keep going. Gotcha. So. Yeah, that was the end of that story. Worked out great. So yeah. Elliot Wolf, I'm even. I'm going to have to check here. See, was he even right about where Elliot works? It would be great if he wasn't. How could he be wrong? Uh, yeah, by he's, the way, with the, he's, he's with the Patriots. Ah, eh, close enough. Okay. And he may have, maybe Hub said that. I don't think he did. I think Hub thought. But, I know it came. I know it, it. 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 You could hear the little his sad little gears grinding in his brain. Um, yeah, as he was talking about John Schneider, which was just cracking me up. Because by the way, j- just to close the loop on that discussion, uh, Ben Lewis Jones, uh, best known for his role as Cooter Davenport in the Dukes of Hazard, Jones also served for four years in the United States House of Representatives. Nice. From January third, nineteen eighty nine, to January third, nineteen ninety three. There we go. So was was Gopher was a was Gopher a yeah. senator or he was a no he was yeah he's congressman all right so we had Cooter yeah. and Gopher did yeah. they serve at the same time uh, they probably overlapped right yeah huh that just shows what uh, <laughs> uh, just how great Congress is Elliot Wolf uh, has never worked for uh, the uh, Seahawks ever perfect perfect worked for the <laughs> Packers he's a bond uh, salesman from Tupelo Mississippi. From 2004 to 2017, doing various things. Pro Personnel Assistant, Assistant Director of Pro Personnel, Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Director of Pro Personnel, Director of Player Personnel. What's the difference between Pro Personnel and Player Personnel? I'm not sure. He was Director of Football Ops. Then he went to Cleveland for an ill-fated year, and now he is um, with the Pats. And um, he went to the U. Went to the University of Miami. So mm-hmm. there's your guy. That's your next Bear General Manager, according to Hub. Hub basic and on the fact, though, that he thinks he works for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Learned everything he knows from um, Jeff Schneider. <laughs> Jeff Schneider. Yeah. yeah. In reality, it turns out Elliot has been to Seattle once. That's close. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, everybody's got this all figured out. <laughs> So here's the thing about this is the interesting thing about Elliot Wolf. 
Um, in 2016, the Lions wanted to hire him to be their general manager. But the Packers refused to let him interview. Mm. Yeah, that seems kind of shitty. Standing in the way of his dream. Yeah. And then they didn't hire him to be the GM when the GM job opened. So that was nice of them. That's really shitty, yeah. Yeah. But all that means is he's available for the Bears to build their next dynasty. How great if the Bear, you know, Ted Phillips is listening to Hub and is calling John Schneider asking for permission. <laughs> we want to talk to Elliot Wolf. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do whatever you want. No, no, I can't, st- me. I can't you guys stop don't- you. You guys don't care? No, no. Good kid. (laughs) Belichick calls him up. Uh, Ted? Uh, What's going on? (sighs) Anyway, so there it is. That's the the state we're in. A season that started with the Bears Mm 5-1. Here it is six weeks later, and we're talking about Elliot Wolf. That's how well things have gone for the Bears. (laughs) Thanks a lot, yes. you fucking assholes. <laughs> now, it was funny because I was writing the thing about Marquis, and I went to write about the Bears, and it just like hit me. I'm like, I think it seems like the Bears season went off the rails just about the time Crane Kenny worked out the deal with the Bears. And it's pretty close. Probably um, no coincidence. They announced that, so I don't know if anybody, I don't think anybody has ever watched it. There's a show on Marquee hosted by Cole Wright, which I'm sure is, you know, he's, I'm sure he's fine. He works the NFL forever. Um, I believe he's a, he's either a Wabonzi college grad or Harper college. I forget some Juco in out by us. Um, he hosts uh, like a bear recap show. They have different panelists on. They talk about last week's game, talk about next week's game. Then they, Marquee shows a replay of the previous week's bear game. This was like a huge deal for them. Uh, yeah. Bears were four and one at the time crane inked the deal. <laughs> they are one mm. and six since everything crane. Kenny touches goes to shit. Talk about great timing. Yes. Wow. So one more thing I just thought of, I want to talk about, I don't know if you've ever, on, they showed a lot on either an ESPN news when they're not doing their, their news, I guess, and um, probably an ESPN2. They did this one-hour-long E60 thing on Alex Smith after he broke his leg. Okay. I did not see this. If you have a weak stomach, <laughs> you cannot watch this thing. And it's not. Like, when they, they kept, they would put these warnings up. They'd go to commercial when they'd come back. Like, the next yeah. segment includes graphic images or whatever. And you're like, I, I've seen the thing where his leg, like, flaps in the air. Yeah. Oh, that's the least of it. Oh. That's, like, the easiest thing to see. Oh. So Alex breaks his leg in, in like, three places or whatever it is. Um, they rush him to the hospital, and they're like, oh, that's a bad, it's a spiral fracture or whatever, that's bad. And they, they go in to have surgery, and they screw his leg back together, and they... Um, Tell him everything went as good as it can, and we'll get you out of here in a couple of days. We'll get you on crutches, and you can start rehabbing, and everything will be hunky-dory. Um, the day he's supposed to go 
they're like, ooh, that leg starts is smelling kind of funky. <laughs> and it's starting to he's getting there's a, there's an infection that's like roaring through his leg. So like, ah, you can't go yet. And then like, we'll give you some super high test antibiotics and everything'll be fine. It'll be great. Give you the hydrochloric. And then they have some footage that she clearly shot, his wife clearly shot of him in the sitting in the hospital bed completely out of it. And then mm-hmm. she goes, this is not because of the drugs because the infection was like ravaging through his body. So they have to rush him in for surgery and they're literally having to cut out pieces of tissue and muscle because it's gone necrotic or whatever and they have to get it out. Oh. So you're hearing this stuff and you're like, oh, this is terrible. They go to commercial, they come back to commercial, they put the thing up again. And you're like, I have, what are they going to do, show him break his leg again? That seems a little ridiculous. Oh, no, no. They show you his leg now after the surgery and it's missing a lot of skin. And they're going to have to graft skin from other places. And you're like, okay, well, that wasn't that, that wasn't that bad. How bad could it possibly be? He ends up having to go in for like three more surgeries. And they're like cutting just <laughs> hunks of leg out of him. Yeah. To the point where they're actually, they had to have the discussion with him about whether it would be better off, unless things turned around quickly, to just cut the leg off. <laughs> and um, so they, he goes in for one more surgery. He comes out of it. And that's the one when they show it. There's like, there's no leg left. I mean, it's, oh. it's. I don't even remember Slim Goodbody. Remember that little guy prancing around with the, with the, yeah. whatever that thing was on. You could see all the insides. That that's what his leg was. It was like his uh, like they peel all the skin away, and there's this thing. Uh. That one clearly worked. No more infection. So now they they're you know they got to like, but they have to do a bunch of skin grafts and stuff to try to cover that up because apparently, uh, you can't just run around with your muscle. You know, sticking out. You need skin over it, so they do all that stuff. Yeah. And so they show this this weird Frankenstein leg of his. They have to like take muscle from other spots and like build him a calf and do all this other stuff. And then he goes off to this hospital where most of the patients are military people who've had like you know IEDs have blown parts of their body off and they have mm. prostheses and stuff. So he's you know he's and that's kind of a cool part of it where they're talking to him and he's talking to them and doing that stuff. And um, he has um, he has drop foot because he doesn't have like the right stuff. So they have to put him in this like special shoe so that he can actually like lift his toe off the ground because he can't do it on his own. Hmm. And they get him set up with all this stuff. And you know his football career is over. And you know he goes out. He he walks out on the field, waves at the Redskins fans, and the fans are all excited because it's you know it's like a year later and he can finally walk and he can wave at him. And so at the end of it, this thing ends without them knowing that he's going to, like they show him working out with the Redskins. Like he's going to try, and you could tell that even the documentary people are like, well, this isn't going to work. Right. So here he is, as we're recording this, he's playing football. He's the quarterback of the Washington football team in this game. And (laughs) I just, no, no, he should not be playing football. That dude is lucky that he can stand up. Wow. And he's a quarterback, and guys are flying at his feet on every play. And he can barely move. You know, he's their best quarterback, but it's the Washington. I mean, he'd yeah. be better than Dwayne Haskins, and I don't know who the hell they still have left, Jay Schrader or Mark Rippon. And um, I, now I watch it, and I'm like, I can't watch you play. Because yeah. to me, it's the most irresponsible thing in the world. Right. After all that stuff, you Ugh. think you still have to play football. It's just, it's weird. Here's the really creepy thing about it is I honestly think that if 
if Matt Nagy were still around next year and Alex Smith was a free agent, I think the Bears would get him. Because <laughs> he was like he was like his dream quarterback with the with the Chiefs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so we get a chance. I think it's called Project Eleven. That's okay. The cute little name they gave it. But it's when they warn Ooh. you, they there's a reason. Consider yourself warned. Yeah. But huh. I I do not after seeing that, like I was very ambivalent about the fact I saw one picture of what his leg looks like now. Like in the yeah. preseason. You're like, oh, that's bad. You see all the stuff he had to go through just to have a leg. Yeah, the uh, dude should not be playing. So you're saying our quarterback options then for next year are Jimmy Alex Garoppolo. Smith. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo and Alex Smith. That's our only chance. Or, or, or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Yeah, Mormon Mitch. Right. I don't even know if he's Mormon. But uh, Wow. Well, you know, Jim McMahon came from BYU. He did. And um, once again, I really have to get a copy of McMahon, his autobiography <laughs> with the exclamation point. Because yeah. he tells great stories about what it was like to be um, the Catholic kid from California playing quarterback yeah. at BYU <laughs> and not buying into any. He went there only because Lavelle Edwards told him he could throw the ball whenever he wanted. That's the whole yeah. reason he was there. He didn't. He bought into nothing else about BYU, and the I fact that they, they 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 expelled him right after his last his season, and he didn't care. But they're like, yeah, you need to go away. I remember they asked him what what is the thing you'd like best about BYU. <laughs> he said leaving. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I do remember when uh, Robbie Bosco was coming out thinking, oh, that's who the Bears should get because McMahon. <laughs> I was a young dope at the time. <laughs> I don't remember who drafted Robbie. I know he played for the Packers. I don't remember if, if that's who drafted him, but uh, he was not surprisingly not good. Yeah. By then, the BYU offense was mostly gimmick. Um, you know, Because they had produced three pretty good quarterbacks in a row. Um, Mark Wilson, mm-hmm. then Jim McMahon, and then Steve Young. And then all these guys who put up these huge passing numbers but never amounted to anything. And Robbie was right in the middle of that group. Yeah. Who had incredible college stats and then nothing. I don't know who drafted him. But I know he played for the Packers because... I remember the Bears chasing him around once, which was fun. Yeah, he only played for the Packers. Yes. But Robbie and his wife have six kids. Uh, Amber, Carissa, Alexis, Dallin, Wesley, and Colin. (laughs) They're not all named Mitt. No, or Gunner. Gunner, Mitt Gunner, Gunner, Gunner Romney. That's my. That's who the Bears need to get. I don't care about he's quarterback. Your, you got to get Gunner Romney. He's your spirit animal. Gunner Romney. Yeah. He was, he was running past the Chanticleers. I'll tell you that. Don't, don't call him Gunner for, for nothing. Yeah. Huh. What if Gunner is his real name and Romney is his nickname? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just always, I always wanted to be a Romney. <laughs> His parents are Jenny and Cade. Doesn't say whether Cade is one of those Romneys or not. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess he's not related to Mitt because they they put on here that he's the nephew of former BYU wide receiver Matt Allen. Huh, Seems like yeah. if that's the familial tie, you could have done better than... You could have, yeah. Could've, Dunner, could've, he's could've. a junior, so if he's a junior at uh, BYU, he's 28. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so that'll be it. The only concern is that he's he's already aged out of the position. Brian, Brian Pace already scheming to trade up to get him as well. Yes, he's already traded the Bears' first and second round picks six times on his whiteboard. He's <laughs> just waiting to see how it's all going to work out. Yeah. So I worry about when if they fire him, do you remember the story from the preseason about how in the new revamped Hallis Hall, they actually went and put a barbershop in it? Do you remember that story? So that the players could hang out and go to the thing. But really, we know they put the barbershop in so that Ryan Pace could get his hair cut four times a day. Right. Keep it exactly the way he wants it. That yeah. poor barber is going to go broke if Pace leaves. That's got to be his most uh, frequent customer. Is is yeah? Well, is Pace getting his haircut over Zoom or is he going in? How is he? How is he doing that? Oh, I'm sure he's you know I'm maybe sure he's, he's violated Zoom. every COVID <laughs> protocol simply to get his haircut. Right. What was the name of that thing that oh, the Floby? The Floby. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Could tell it just from the way you held your hand over your head. Like, oh, that's a Floby. Floby. Yeah. So, for, for people who don't remember what the Floby is, I'm sure there's some still out there, although I don't know. Maybe they've. Now, if the Floby would be a thing, if it were still actively marketed, that you that would be a marquee sports network commercial five times an hour. Absolutely. Right and by the way, the Prevagen and the herpes medicine. Perfect product for the pandemic is the yeah. Floby. Yeah, it really should have come back. Yeah. So basically what it what it was was this this razor blade thing <laughs> that hooked to your vacuum cleaner. And this is, this is not a this is not a joke, kids, if yes. you're listening. And then you took this thing, you could you apparently you could set different lengths on it, and then you would stick the the Floby over your hair and your hair the vacuum cleaner would suck your hair into the Floby. And then the Floby would cut at just, you know, it would, it would just be sitting there going, you know, back, the blades would be going back and forth. And then it would take off just that much, supposedly. And then the benefit of it, obviously, was it was sucking the hair into the vacuum cleaner. You weren't getting hair all over the house with this thing. Yeah. You could, you know, you could shave your pets and you could, you know, do whatever. No you could mow the lawn with it. You could do all kinds of stuff with the Floby. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, hardly, very few people died while using yeah. the Floby. Just a handful, really. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed this, but the um, the micro touch thing, the the shaver yes. that Brett Far- Farvera used to do commercials for, they have basically a modern version of the Floby, except it lacks Ooh. the vacuum cleaner part. But well, it's a, it's a home hair cutting system, basically where you set oh. the things and you comb you comb your hair with it, and it it <laughs> cuts your hair as you comb it, which oh. I'm sure the results are spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man. I just can't imagine. The guys on the commercial all do a very nice job. But you only ever see them like make one pass through their hair. Yeah. With it. Then they show them. 
clearly yeah. those shots were taken first. <laughs> then they go like, all right, now you got to do this thing. We're paying you while you scalp yourself. Yeah. I think I'd be like, okay, you get one shot at this. Yes. That's it. I'm not doing this more than once. Hard to believe that a product that involves sticking a razor blade onto a vacuum cleaner <laughs> isn't around anymore. Now, I actually knew a guy who used it and used it <laughs> all the time. And the biggest problem with it was his hair was the same length all over his head. So he just had this terrible, like, round haircut. Like, I don't know if you watched The Crown. This season. Oh yes, but you it, love the he crown. basically gave himself the Margaret Thatcher haircut <laughs> that once is some a week, haircut. just yeah. this big like beehive thing because the hair was Ooh, the wow. same length ever. Now he could have, if Larry had really wanted to, he could have simply like done one length like the top of his head and then switched the blades to a shorter one for the sides. But he wasn't risking <laughs> that. He was just firing it up, going just do, making rows like he was planting crops, and then. He was done for another week, and then he was going to touch it up again. Uh, so the Ugh. the after that I saw with the Floby was not terribly impressive. No, I, hard to hard to believe. Yeah. Huh. But there you go. I'm excited to announce that Floby is the new sponsor <laughs> of the Pointless <laughs> Exercise podcast. That was our big announcement. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have saved it for the end, but I can just I can just edit this and put it at the beginning. Yeah, they'll think right. we started with it. I'd be, oh, this is great! Yeah, we gave him like twelve dollars. <laughs> Call Floby, you know, like, hey, we got it at the end. If you want it in the beginning, let's yeah, talk. Yeah, that's right. Costs a little bit more for premier yeah. placement. <laughs> yeah, you can still get a Floby on eBay. Oh, wait a minute! They still have an actual. They still have a real site. Oh, they're still going. They're still yeah. selling the Floby. Oh, there it is. Oh, you get an actual vacuum with it. Well, you don't need that, I didn't think. What? Hi, I'm. my name is Rick Hunts, inventor of Floby, and I guarantee you're going to love it. Made in Carryville, Kerrville, Texas. Mm. What do you think the Floby runs you? Now, you get three options. Okay. There's the Floby system with the super mini vac. There's the Floby <laughs> system without a vacuum cleaner. And then there's just the Floby Super Mini Vac. So what do you think the Floby system with the Super Mini Vacuum is going to run you? Now, remember, okay. you're yeah. never going to pay another dollar for a haircut the rest of your life. So whatever it is, it's probably worth it. So that's, that's the, just so we're clear, that's the deluxe option. The deluxe right? option is the Floby. You get, looks like, six different lengths of razor blades to possibly impale yourself with. Okay. You get, and you get a little vacuum cleaner with a long hose and a couple of attachments. Um, that's what you're getting. Now, can you use that? Does it say on your car? Can you clean the car out with that? I'm sure you could use the vacuum for all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. That's getting more. Oh, wait a minute. No, I was wrong. You get 10 different. They're called hair spacers. So you can cut 10 different lengths with the Floby. Oh, this is, this gets better all the time. Wow. So 10 of those, the vacuum cleaner and the hoses, everything you need to give yourself a, Salon quality haircut. How much think you? <laughs> um, let's see. I'll say it's two payments of. Let's see, what would that be? What's uh, two payments of sixty nine dollars each? Oh, you're basically right on. It's one one payment, one thirty nine ninety five. I'm oh. sure they'll take your your one twenty eight ninety eight. 
too. If you nice, yeah, nice. Now, is it do you buy one get one free, or is that that that's well, not? Well, I should probably put it in the cart here. Although I'm worried that they'll charge me for it, even though I didn't I, give them any information. Yeah, they'll find you. Flobies. I think it's all you get. I don't know if you get another one. Although usually, okay. usually if you buy one, you get another. Oh, the video. I'm gonna. Have, I, I have to put oh, the video. Yeah, yeah, this there's a kid getting his hair cut with the Floby, and um, he's. I'm sure he doesn't look as excited at the end as he did at the beginning. Right. And this this video is clearly made in 1980, so no one's gotten a haircut. <laughs> Even Rick Hunt's that picture looks like he's 30 years old. Wow. So there you go, kids. You tuned okay. in for Bear Talk, and uh, now, you, now you're going to head out and buy yourself a, a Floby. A you'll never have yeah. to pay for another haircut again. Yeah. All right. I like their slogan, too. What is their slogan? The revolutionary haircutting system you've come to love. It took you a while, <laughs> but you finally decided you love it. You gave in. They wore you down, and now you love it. Wow. Fantastic. All this because the Bears put in a barbershop in Hallis Hall for Ryan Pace. Yeah. That's how we got over him. That's what Virginia should give him as his parting gift. It's a Floby. Oh, I thought you were going to say the barbershop. But yeah, the oh, Floby would no, be the floor. A more, pra- more practical gift. Yeah. yeah. Oh, George uses it. He loves it. Yeah, sure <laughs> George says you can have his old one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, uh, next week, Bears Texans. It's going to be great. A lot over under is always forty three. Forty four. I'm sure. I'm sure it's forty four. <laughs> Maybe it went down because the <laughs> Texans don't have any wide receivers and the Bears yeah. are just terrible. Well, boy, you wanted the over last week, though, didn't you? I know. Yeah. Ooh, I would have lost all kinds of money on that. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a veritable offensive explosion. Yeah, blew it away. Oh, uh, no, Vegas, big hopes for this one. 40, 45 and a half. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 45 and a half. Incredible. <laughs> it's, remember, it's Texans at Bears spread Texans by two. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I don't think uh, they're wrong. It's just sad. No. All right. Well, we can turn right. that one over next week. Yes, we can. We can all look forward to that. All right. Well, have fun with you. Don't hurt yourself with the flowy. I'll try not to. All right. Many of us have herpes. 